As we start off today, I want to start off by really asking a question. Have you ever experienced anxiety before? Have you ever experienced anxiety before? Uh, Maybe you're actually having a little anxiety knowing that that's what we're going to be talking about today in our time together as we continue the series we've been in for a number of weeks now, Slaying Giants, and we're going to be looking at that giant of anxiety. But first of all, I, I just want to wish all the fathers out there uh, happy Father's Day. And, and if you're joining us at our Poughkeepsie campus right now, dads, we're going to mug you today if you haven't picked it up already. Uh, we've got this Valley mug for you. Also want to give a shout out for, to all those on online campus. Uh, if you're joining us online today, we don't have a mug for you, dads. Uh, sorry, it's just one of those things. Got to be there to get it. Uh, but anyway, we just love and appreciate all the dads. Uh, I mean, for the most part, being a father is, is really a tough job. Um, it's a difficult job. It's, it's really uh, one of those things that, I mean, you can make fun of dads in this country and nobody's going to say anything. No one's going to get offended. No one's going to put you in prison or anything like that. It's kind of like the one group in our culture today that uh, you, you can just, they can be the brunt of all the jokes with virtual impunity. Uh, that's what our culture has become. But God knows and he appreciates you and what a great honor and privilege it is for us as fathers to reflect our heavenly father, not perfectly, but by the power of the Holy Spirit as best as we possibly can. So this is week number five uh, in our series and uh, we've been looking at these giants that we're slaying together with the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked at the the giant of fear, of greed, of bitterness. Last week we talked about uh, comparison. And, and today we want to look at uh, anxiety. So let's take a look. There, there's Annie Anxiety right there. Uh, and, and as I said, you know, you know, she's pretty hideous, kind of scary looking uh, for sure. Not, not, the, not the woman you want to bring home to mom if you're single, you know, to meet mom and dad. Uh, but, but almost every one of us, one degree or another, one level or another, we've experienced anxiety. You know, dads, again, because it's Father's Day, maybe it's the anxiety of providing for your family or, or, or really bringing stability to your home. Or maybe it's just anxiety being a dad because you didn't have a really great role model. Uh, moms as well, you know, and uh, just the, the nurture and raising of kids. Uh, maybe you have anxiety, you're a single person, and, and when is God going to bring that right person into my life? Maybe you're a widow and uh, uh, you, you know your spouse is, is not with you any longer and it's the anxiety of what the future is going to look like. How am I going to make it? Anxiety just comes in all different forms and hits every one of us. And, and the reason for that, I believe, is this. There's opposition against every life uh, experiencing their full potential. And the opposition our enemy wants to bring in your life and my life oftentimes comes in the form of anxiety because God wants you to reach your full potential. As your pastor, I want to see you reach your full potential. But you know what? We have an enemy that doesn't want to see you and I reach our full potential. And so we've got to slay this giant of anxiety. It's kind of interesting in the New Testament, the, the Greek word for anxiety is, is the Greek word uh, merimna, merimna, and, and what it means, a feeling of apprehension or distress in view of possible danger or misfortune. That's what anxiety is. A feeling of apprehension or distress in view of possible danger 
or misfortune. And so if you have your Valley app, I want to invite you to go ahead and, and open that up. And uh, uh, we got a lot of extra scriptures in there as well that I'm not going to go over in the message today, but I think it's going to be a great resource. We'll talk about that in just a minute that you can use as a tool to help you really slay this giant of anxiety. Because here's the thing, anxiety is the fruit of the belief that God will let me down. Anxiety is the fruit of the belief that God is going to let me down. It's, it's God's really not going to be there for me the way that I think he should be, the way that I need him to be. And so we get anxious because if we really believed he was going to be there, we would be at peace. So anxiety is the fruit of the belief, the wrong belief, if I could put it this way, the lie that we tell ourselves that God is going to let me down. So I want to use this same outline that we've been working on, uh, working with uh, through this series, these three points. And again, from the perspective of anxiety, first we need to see this, this giant for anxiety, of anxiety, any anxiety for who she really is. Uh, and then we need to slay any anxiety. And then how are we going to stay free and walk in freedom from anxiety. See, slay, stay. So first of all, let's see, let's take a look at any anxiety, this anxiety that really so many of us uh, really suffer from at one time or another, or maybe even right now as we speak. First of all, there's three things about anxiety. If we're going to see anxiety for, for who she really is, is we need to understand that anxiety comes from conditioning. Anxiety comes from conditioning. In other words, it's because of something that happened in our past that we're afraid is going to happen again in our future. And so it gives us anxiety. Uh, let me give you an example of this from my own life. I get very, very anxious if I ever have to go to the hospital. Uh, there's something about the smells in a hospital, just a sterile environmental. I have all kinds of anxiety. Uh, in fact, I'm, I've been, you know, just, just really blessed to have staff members that regularly uh, do hospital visitation for me because it's a real issue for me, primarily because I had two really bad experiences when I was very young in a hospital. I'm talking about like five years old and younger. Uh, well, one was actually an adult care facility. Wasn't like these beautiful ones that they have around nowadays. It was my great-grandmother was in one. And uh, we used to go and visit my great-grandmother in Brunswick uh, at this adult care facility. It was really more like a hospital. Something happened one day. I'm not going to tell you the story, but it involved a midget. And uh, it just really scared me to death. Uh, a little lady that was there, and she kind of approached me and so hospitals are really really tough for me it gives me anxiety because of what happened even when I was five years old and so I always tell people in the church man if you're in a hospital and I come walking through the door chances are I'm the last face you're going to see before you look into the face of Jesus because that's when I go I, I go when it's like it's it's about to change uh one foot in this world, one foot in the next. That's, that's when you'll see me by your bedside uh, because it just gives me anxiety because of things that happened in the past. Anxiety comes from conditioning. What is it that happened in your past that when you think about a similar situation, it comes upon you and it gives you anxiety? That's one of the places that any anxiety gets a foothold in our life. Here's the second thing. Anxiety comes from concealing. Anxiety comes from concealing, from hiding. 
That, that sometimes uh, the, the fruit of secret sin in our lives is anxiety. Is anxiety. When we're living a double life, we're, we're talking the talk, but we're not walking the walk. It causes anxiety that we're going to be found out. I, I, I know a couple of people that just lived double lives for, for decades and decades, and they were eaten up with anxiety and, and all kinds of symptoms as a result of that anxiety. And this shouldn't be a surprise to us, but because the Bible says in Psalm 38, verse 4, my guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. God didn't create you, and he didn't create me to conceal our sins. That burden of guilt, we're not made for that. It's overwhelming. It's too much. That's why we need to come clean with God and let him forgive us and wash us clean and heal us. But when we choose to cover up and conceal our sin, one of the ramifications, the ripple effects from concealing sin is anxiety. We give any anxiety a foothold in our lives. Here's a third way that, that anxiety, we can see anxiety getting into our life, putting us in bondages. Anxiety comes from controlling. Anxiety comes from controlling. If, if you're you know, listening to me right now and you're a control freak, got to control my kids, got to control my family, got to control my finances, got to control my employees, got to control my yard so it's perfectly manicured all the time, got to control that everything in my house is always in the right place. Causes anxiety. And here's the thing, I think we need to really be honest about this. What in your life have you truly ever been able to control besides yourself? And that's the crazy thing. Most controlling people are out of control emotionally. You can't even control yourself. Because when someone doesn't do what you want them to do, you get angry and blow up. So the whole idea of control is really a mirage. It causes anxiety. Anxiety comes from conditioning. Anxiety comes from concealing. Anxiety comes from controlling. So how are we going to slay this giant? How, how are we going to slay any anxiety? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 begins to tell us how we can slay anxiety. I love this verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him. On who? Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. See, anxiety, again, like I said at the beginning, anxiety is the fruit of a belief that God will let you down, but that's a lie because the Bible says cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because Jesus cares for you. He won't let you down. He may not do what you want him to do. That's why he's the Lord and you're not, but he cares for you. He'll never let you down. I love this, uh, cast all your anxiety. Now, I'm not a big fisherman, and all I've gone fishing probably five or six times in my life. Uh, every single time it's with my brother Scott, who is actually a big fisherman. First time I ever went fishing, actually went one time with, with a buddy, uh, was the first time I actually went fishing, and that was, we went fishing for, for sharks. Uh, 
uh, shark fishing, caught a few uh, bonnet head uh, sharks about that big and all. Second time I went fishing, I went shark fishing off in the intercoastal waterway uh, off of uh, Georgia and caught a black tip shark, five feet, 150 pounds. I mean, this thing was a beast. It was like 45 minutes. Shark fishing's easy because all you do is you just pour blood. You know, the captain had six gallon drums of blood. You just pour blood over the, the side of the boat and here comes the fins. The sharks come. The tough thing about shark fishing is reeling it in. But then my brother and I, last summer, we went fishing. He's a big fisherman for speckled trout. And, and uh, the interesting thing about speckled trout is this. You, you have to have the right lure. So we had, uh, we had shrimp, and we put shrimp on the end of the hook. And then the captain would take us to an area, and he's like, you know what? I, I was over here earlier. I think we got some over here. But I had to learn how to really, really cast that, that rod and reel when you're fishing for trout. And, and you know, I, I love this whole idea about cast all your anxiety. Because you gotta, I had to learn how to cast. Casting doesn't come easy. But, but that's what God tells you and I to do. Cast all your anxiety on him. And we caught like 15 fish last summer and it was really cool. Took them to a restaurant, cooked them up and we ate right there and the little garlic Parmesan fish and really, really great stuff. But this word cast, I had to learn how to cast to catch fish. In the Greek here, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that word cast means to cause responsibility for something to be on someone else. To put responsibility on or to make responsible for. In other words, it said, put your anxiety on Jesus. Trust him. Learn how to cast those things you're concerned about, anxious about. Cast them on him. And a good fisherman, can, you can almost point to a spot and they'll just go, whoosh, and they'll hit it right there with the, with the hook. We need to learn how to cast all of our anxiety on him, on Jesus, because he cares for us. To make him responsible for what worries us. That's what that word cast means. Just like fishing. Psh, Jesus, psh, I'm shooting this to you. Jesus, I'm starting to feel anxious. Nope, you care for me. I don't have to be anxious. I can trust you. And then we begin to slay the giant of anti-anxiety. You know, I think for many of us, it's time for us to start praying as if God is rich enough to provide everything for us that we need, like we talked about with greed. That God is strong enough to do anything that we need him to do on our behalf to fulfill what he's called you and me to do. Anything. He's strong enough. And to pray in such a way that, that we understand that God loves us enough that he wants to show himself strong and that he wants to provide for us everything that we need. See, it's all about trust. It's all about faith in him. Cast all your anxiety. And, and I know sometimes, well, I don't have anxiety. You know, I'm just concerned, worried. You just, same girl, different dress, same exact thing. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so here, here's the thing that I think is so important that we understand. Peace is the fruit of the belief that God will never let me down. Started off by saying anxiety is the fruit of the, of the belief that God will let me down. But peace is the fruit of the belief that God will never let me down. He may not do everything the way I want him to because 
he's God, he's not Santa Claus. You know, he's not uh, some genie in a bottle that you get three wishes and he does whatever you command him to do. That's not Jesus. But he wants to give you and me peace. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation that we would cast, all our cares, all of our anxieties, all our worries, all our concerns upon him because he cares for us. That's why peace is the fruit of the belief that God will never let you down, never let me down. So we see the giant of anxiety. We slay the giant of anxiety by casting all our cares on Jesus, knowing that he cares for us. Now, how are we going to stay free? How are we going to stay free? Because I know, I, I know it's really, really easy in a gathering like this on a Sunday in Poughkeepsie, online, wherever you are watching this message right now. Uh, I know it's really easy while you're watching a message to like, yes, that's true, I want to do that. But then it's like life happens, Monday through Saturday. And, and so this isn't just about having peace for an hour on Sunday. God wants to slay. He wants, he, he wants to slay this giant in your life and in my life so that we stay free, not just for a moment, not just for an hour one Sunday, but that we walk in the freedom that he desires for every single one, free from anxiety. So how are we going to stay free? Well, I, I think there's four ways, really, that we can walk in this freedom. First is this, remember your God is able. Remember that God is able that we need to lean into him, that he is able to give you and me peace, peace of mind, that we don't have to be anxious. In Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, the Bible puts it this way. Now to him who is able, right there, God is able. Watch what he's able to do. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Our next series, we're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and the, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we launch this new series uh, two weeks from to now, the Father, Son, and the other one. We're going to talk about the other one, the Holy Spirit. And I hope you'll make plans to, to not miss one of those because it's going to be an incredibly powerful and empowering, impactful series uh, starting in two weeks. But it says, now to him who is able, God is able, how? To do, to do what? Immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. How? According to his power that is at work within us, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you've, you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, he wants to give you the power that you can walk in peace that you can stay at peace. Even when everything around is just going crazy and nuts, you can have peace. You can have peace. The moment that you decide that God can't do anything more, guess what? He can. The moment we put God in a box and say, there's nothing more that God could do to help and intervene in this situation, guess what? He can. He can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Kind of reminds me of the story of uh, the, the, uh, there was an expedition that, that went to climb Mount Everest, 
highest mountain in all the world in Nepal. The highest mountain in all the world. And as they're coming up on the mountain, uh, it's kind of like a little, there was a little overcast and, and all this. And, and so many times we're like this, this one young man who was, was on that expedition uh, and the guide, he was talking to the guide and, and they're kind of looking and he says, there it is in, in, in front of us. And, and the, the young man is looking, he's like, you know what, I, I think I can kind of make out the mountain there. I think I can kind of see Everest there. And the guy just laughed. He's like, no, son. And he comes behind the young man, and he just put his hand on the side of his head. He says, don't look there. And he lifts his head and he goes, look there. Look there. And, and, and when he raised that young man's head, he looked and he was like, oh. Everest wasn't right there. He was up there, Everest, a huge, huge man, almost straining his neck. And so many times in our life, we're like, God, oh, I, I think maybe God could help me. I think maybe I can see God. Don't look there. And it's like the Holy Spirit just wants to grab our head and say, look there. God is so much bigger. God is so much more powerful than, than we could ever imagine. He can, that he can do, he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And so many times we're just like, I, I think I could see God. No, that's not, he can do so much more. It's so much bigger. God is so much bigger than you and I think. And so we need to remember that God is able. Here's the second thing. We need to remember your God is able and then refocus your attention. Refocus your attention. If we're going to have peace, we have to refocus our attention. In Isaiah 26, 3, I love this. This is a great promise in the Bible. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of promises in the Bible. This is a great one. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. What a great promise. You will keep in perfect peace, not just peace, that's just for a moment and circumstances come and it leaves. Perfect peace. But, but every promise, the way I like to always say it is this, every promise has a premise. God says, this is what I promise if you do this. Every promise is conditional. Every promise has a premise. Look at the promise. You will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you. Here's the premise. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so we have to refocus our attention refocus our attention. Where is our attention? Is our attention on all the stuff going on around us? All the, the might be, could be? Or is it on Jesus? Because the promise here in Isaiah is perfect peace, not for everyone, for everyone who trusts in God and whose thoughts are fixed, who has laser beam focus on Jesus. He'll keep in perfect peace. You know, it reminds me of, uh, remember back, uh, oh, I don't know, was, I was kind of like a kid. Uh, they, there used to be these pictures. I remember the first time they, they'd sell these pictures in these like novelty stores and they would be kind of like a, this, all this collage and color and all. And I remember, and, and there was a picture inside the picture, like a three-dimensional picture, remember that? And, and you'd have to stand there and you'd see people in the mall, they'd just be standing there for like five minutes like this. Just, just frozen, and, and you had to stand there for a little bit and really focus, and then it was almost like as you focused, all of a sudden, boom, there'd be a 3D image that would be revealed. Do you remember that? 
That's how it is. That's what this verse is talking about. It's like not, not just a focus like for a minute and then you're gone. Not just like, hey, God, what's up? And then you keep going. You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Fixed on you. In fact, when I was quarterback coach in high school, uh, that was one thing I used to always tell uh, my quarterbacks, you know, when a receiver's running down the field, don't look at him. Pick out a specific point on his jersey. You know, if he has 80, you know, 82, the top of the eight, that's what you want to focus on. Laser, small, small target. Even 15 yards downfield, 17 yards downfield, small, tiny little target. Aim small. Not, not, don't look at the whole man. Laser focus. God says, you have, you're fixed. Your thoughts, you're continually thinking on me. You're continually aware of my presence. I'll give you perfect peace. So where's your focus? Where's your focus? Psalm 16, 8 puts it this way. I keep my eyes always on the Lord, David the psalmist says, with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord, with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I, I will not be, could I put the, shaken is another word for anxiety, just shaken. I will not be shaken. Why? Because I keep my eyes on the Lord no, I can't help but remember when I think about this verse uh, about the story of Peter walking on water. You probably know the story. You've probably heard it before in Matthew chapter 14. When, when Jesus is walking on the water and Peter, they think he's a ghost. Peter and the other disciples are out in the boat. And, and Peter calls him and says, Lord, if that's you, invite me to come out to you and I will. I'll walk out with you. And Jesus says, come. And Peter throws one leg over the boat and he starts walking on water himself. And it says that he, kept, he was walking on water. Peter was to Jesus. But then the waves started kind of turning. Things started getting a little crazy. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Boy, I think that's an incredible metaphor right there. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we begin to sink into anxiety. David says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so, if we're going to really stay free from anxiety, we need to remember that your God is able. We need to refocus. Refocus your attention. Here's the third thing. Replace your anxious thoughts. Replace your anxious thoughts. How do we replace anxious thoughts? Well, anxious thoughts are always a lie. Remember that lie, God's not going to be there for me. The way that you and I need to replace our anxious thoughts is with God's word. With God's word. That's how we really replace those thoughts. And so on your Valley app, I've actually put some additional notes that we're not going to take time to look at today. Uh, a, a number of verses that have to deal with trusting in God. Again, these promises uh, that I call anxiety replacement scriptures. Anxiety replacement scriptures. And if you don't have the Valley app, you can download it for free in your app store. And, and these are verses, I, I encourage you, commit these things to memory. If you struggle with anxiety, 
Commit these verses to memory. I mean, here's just one. Deuteronomy 1.30. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you. God goes before you. Don't have to be anxious. He's going to come through. Here's another one. Psalm 37 verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. So we need to replace Replace your anxious thoughts. Now, let me say this at this point that I think is really, really important. Uh, none of this is, like, sometimes, you know, we may need to get some extra help. Sometimes we may need to talk to a pastor. Sometimes we may need a therapist. Uh, some, sometimes even uh, we may need a little medical help if we're suffering from anxiety. And I know many people that have uh, gotten a little, just to get a little bump, you know, a little just kind of over the hill there, uh, a, a little uh, help medically. And, and we believe God just heals in all different kind of ways. God heals supernaturally in a moment, but God also heals through counseling, through therapy. He also heals sometimes we need little help, medical help as well. And so, so none of this is to say don't go talk to a therapist, don't go talk to a doctor or a pastor if you're experiencing anxiety. But, but God does want you to be free. God wants me to be free from anxiety, to really stay free. And so I, I encourage you, use these verses that I've, I've uh, had put on the, uh, the app there. They'll help you immensely because we have to replace your anxious thoughts I have to replace my anxious thoughts. You have to replace your anxious thoughts with the truth of God's word. Instead, God's gonna let me down. No, God, I put my trust in you and I know you're gonna help me, just like your word says. And you just memorize those verses. I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is focused and fixed on me. Just, just memorize those. Replace those anxious thoughts with the truth of God's word because those anxious thoughts are not true. They're what could happen, what might happen, God's word is true. Replace your anxious thoughts. And here's the fourth thing. Release your praise to God. Release your praise to God. And that's really what this message is about. Anxiety versus gratitude. Gratitude. Release your praise to God. See, the antidote to anxiety is gratitude, and the soundtrack of gratitude is praise. Praising God for who he is. Praising God, giving thanks to God for who he is and what he's done in our lives, in your life. Release your praise to God. I, I love this, like, you know, this whole idea of the soundtrack of gratitude is praise. I'm all into soundtrack. In fact, this past week, Susie and I were away at a conference and we were driving home and uh, she was kind of, uh, uh, you know, dozing a little bit. We were a little tired and so I, I put on, I, I love all kinds of music, country music, probably my favorite, and I, I put on Kenny Chesney. Uh, he's, he's got a live uh, album out, Kenny Chesney, live in No Shoes Nation. And, and, and as they're uh, listening to that uh, CD, one song after another comes up, and I, I just was like, Susie, you know what? This song reminds me, this is the song that was playing when we were taking our daughter Brooke uh, to college her freshman year, you know, and then she's like, really? And, and then I said, you know, this song, I remember listening to this song when we were 
at Cayman Island uh, visiting with some pastor friends of ours doing ministry. We really were doing ministry, but we had a little time on the beach by the pool as well. And, and, and I was listening to that uh, Kenny Chesney song. And then, and then I hear another one. I was like, oh, this reminds me of when we went on vacation at Spring Lake, this, this song. And, and, and so Kenny Chesney's kind of like soundtrack of probably like the last 10 years. You know, all these great memories connected with these songs. Well, you know, that's, that's what praise is supposed to be. That, that there's a soundtrack and, and of gratitude in our lives, and that's praise. And, and so we thank God for, for all that he has done. And then all of a sudden, you know what begins to happen? And, and this is why praise and worship is so important. It's not the pregame to the sermon or anything like that. It's critical. And, and we never want to blow that off uh, when we gather together because it sets the tone. It reminds us of all that God has done and it opens our heart and it tenderizes our heart so that we can receive God's word and it begins to transform our heart. And so not just on Sunday morning, but I encourage you to listen to praise music as well. Now, Kenny's not going to help you, you know, with your anxiety at all. He's, Kenny Chesney's not going to help you. Jesus will help you. And, and so listening to praise and worship different times throughout the day and, and just thanking God every day, thanking God for who he is, thanking him for what he's done in your life. If he never does anything again, Thank you, God, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to, to live a perfect and sinless life, but to lay that life down for me because I'm a mess. And, and to lay that life down to purchase forgiveness for me because I couldn't earn it, I couldn't deserve it, and never do enough good works to, to ever to earn that forgiveness, but Jesus lived a sinless life. He died a sacrificial death. And he rose from the dead three days later because the payment and the price for my personal sin and your personal sin was paid for in full. And you know what? Anxiety ultimately is a lack of trust in God. It's a lack of trust in God. He's not going to come through for me. And so when we begin to praise God for who he is, we begin to praise God for what he's done. And, and, and this is why, by the way, I think it's so important and so great that, that we lift our hands during praise and worship. Especially on Father's Day. I, I can still remember, even though my girls are, are in their 20s now, I can remember when they're just little and they walk up and they're like, one of my girls used to say, Daddy, I hold you, I hold you. She couldn't hold me. But she's just, I hold you. And what did she, she wanted me to pick her up. You know, and sometimes when we, we, we come into a gathering like this, we need God to pick us up, pick us up from our anxiety, from the things that are pulling us down, from, from, from the sin that, that weighs us down, from our shortcomings, from all these things. And it's just like, Father, Heavenly Father, pick me up. Pick me up. I'm just raising my hands and surrender to you. Pick me up. The antidote to anxiety is gratitude. And the soundtrack of gratitude is praise. This is what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. This, this is what God knows is best for you and me. Not anxiety, not worry, not concern. What's best for you and me? The way he created us to be. He wants us to rejoice always. 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's praise right there. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So many times, I'm asked as a pastor, how do I know God's will for me? Here's one thing I'll tell you right now. It's not his will, anxiety. That's not God's will for you. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for me. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Just just all throughout our day that, that Jesus is just right there on the tip of your tongue. Praying, a conversation with him ongoing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, I believe this with everything in me, talking about slaying this giant of anti-anxiety. God wants to relabel the what-ifs of anxiety with the even-ifs, with his even-ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? When we focus on God, even if it does, he'll be with us. And we will go through it and we'll get through it. He will lead us through. No matter the deepest, darkest, most heartbreak, whatever happens, even if, not what if this happens, even if, God, I will not be alone. God wants to relabel all the what-ifs of anxiety with the even-ifs. Is it possible that God could even turn anxiety around, that, that, that any anxiety wants to keep us captive and enslaved and in bondage, and when we start feeling anxious, what if we let that be a trigger, I'm gonna push forward and lean into God? You know what, I, I think any anxiety stopped messing with a lot of us. When she starts realizing, wait a minute, if I try all these anxious thoughts on Greg, he's just going to drill down even deeper in his relationship with Christ. What if we let anxiety become a trigger? We need to focus more on Jesus. Remind us to do that. Focus on him. I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on me, set on me. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I I know that nothing I've said today is going to make a difference in anyone's life, but your word is going to set us free, the truth of your word. And so, Father, I just pray for for everyone that's that's wrestling, struggling with anxiety, Lord, that, that we would just drill down into your word that we've heard today. Lord, with these additional these additional scriptures, Lord, that we'd spend time with that anxiety, those anxiety replacement scriptures. And Father, we would allow your word to set us free by the power of your Holy Spirit to trust in you, to focus on you, and that we would receive that perfect peace that you promised when our mind is focused on you and any anxiety would come down in our life and we would stay free as we focus on you. Thank you, Father, for your deliverance, for your freedom that we can find from anxiety. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you're here today at Poughkeepsie campus or 
online campus and you've never taken that first step of faith and trust in Jesus to, to receive him as your Savior and Lord, I, I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray after me. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to invite you right now, just open your heart up to Jesus. Repeat this prayer and just put your trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. Just pray after me saying, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin now. Jesus, thank you for living for me, for dying for me. Jesus, thank you that you rose from the dead for me. And now, Jesus, I ask you to guide me, to lead me, to direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen.